Listeners, and welcome back to Game Devs Quest, your once weekly podcast chronicling uh, our journey through our our journey <laughs> to game development. Uh, of course, I'm Rhett. And I'm Taylor. I also want to say sorry that we didn't do a weekly podcast last week. <laughs> There's still hope, Taylor. There, I, it is one. We still have time in this week, but... Good going, yeah. Rhett. I know, dude. I screwed <laughs> up. And the problem is, is you know, and then I had posted on Twitter. I was like, "It'll never happen again," because uh, <laughs> it happened like early on, you know. And of course, like I work on it a little bit, and then just I get swept up in whatever. Because like Sundays have kind of become like my one day off with my wife, and then last Sunday was Mother's Day, so. I'm, you know, and then I've got like a billion different moms. I've got Bailey's mom. I have my stepmom. I have my mom, mom, and you have my mom. Yeah, yeah. Your <laughs> mom was like a second mom to me. Freaking Twyla Blashford was like a second mom to me. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, the list got a lot on. of moms. In my life. Um, well, so explain just... to me how uh, how the process works for because you've like kind of automated the process for posting. Well, the I did for a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, How does that work? You like have a repository or something that you put up and then you just say like every Monday at this time, post it and it just I, picks from the repository. Yeah. So uh, automation is a strong word for it, but I edit the episodes as per normal. I create a post for like a blog post for the podcast as normal. I attach the audio to the blog post. But instead of publishing it immediately, I'm allowed the option of setting a date and time. And I can backdate it that way to put I it see. in a certain position in the blog, or I can put it in the future. Gotcha. Um, and so what I've been doing is, I think I did like three weeks in a row where I just, I did them all in one day, uh, created the blog posts, and then had them set, you know, Monday morning. 1201 to pub to go live 1201 a.m gotcha so last so, week last week didn't work or you didn't have it i didn't do it because i'd only done a couple weeks ahead of time i see gotcha and then i thought i have three weeks to get ahead of the curve <laughs> <laughs> uh no worries man I'm just no, I know, time. and I do. I do apologize for it. And like I said, I would have, I would have happily had done it sooner. But uh, me and Taylor spent every freaking moment of my free time this week uh, <laughs> booking our lodgings for Japan. So, uh, yeah, that was, was that was the whole week. Like, yeah, <laughs> I even like it was funny because uh, yesterday, or not yesterday, the day before, we were on day three of like figuring out our itinerary and figuring out lodging. And uh, you said like, well, I don't think we had texted throughout the day um, to know what time we were going to start. And so I was like, well, you know, maybe I'll 
work on like the Udemy course a little bit and I like got my laptop yeah. out. I like <laughs> got set up and as soon as I started playing a video, you texted me and you're like, Hey, you ready? And I was like, Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Well, I should have I should have been like I guess like more polite about it, but No, dude. Um, I like that was top priority for us this week. And we did Well we I did what we set Bailey. out to do. Yeah, I had even told Bailey, I was like because she's like, man, I am so tired. I don't know if it was last night or the night before. God, it had to have been the night before. I was just beat from work. And I was like, I do not want to do anything except, like, go to bed. And Bailey was like, me too. And I was like, well, maybe Taylor won't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how I felt yesterday. But, dude, after, like, because, I mean, I don't know about you, but with that hanging over my head, knowing that like prices can change, knowing that we might be limited on our selection. I was like actually getting a lot of anxiety about it. Um, So I'd be spending like every free moment I can, like looking at, you know, hotels or Airbnb or like trying to figure out our itinerary, like at least a, uh, you know, basic version, like starting point. And so Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, what's really great to me is um, is uh, this idea that we had ruled out Airbnb early on, and then <laughs> yeah. we booked exclusively through Airbnb. <laughs> I know, like, dude. So yeah. funny. I don't remember why we We thought we it was said, expensive. Yeah. I don't remember I think that it's... a big thing. It was like, well, it's just as much as a hotel. Yeah, I but think it's because we didn't actually do our homework yet. It was just kind of I like basic think we basic were just looking searching. at the numbers, you know. Yeah. And it was like, okay, an Airbnb costs this much, a hotel costs this much. But what we didn't consider was that an Airbnb, it's half we the divide price. the price in two. Yeah. And for a hotel, we'd probably divide the price up. Not divide, but multiply it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I was really happy Math. about that. Yeah. I feel... Like, so much relief. I mean, I know that this week we didn't get a lot of, like, time in for game dev. But like you were saying before we recorded, like, just getting this done actually frees up time for us to do more game dev later. Yeah, I think it was an investment into, especially, like, with summer right around the corner, like, um, it's an investment into our time in the future. Uh, yeah, we'll have more for time sure. for game dev. We'll have more time for family stuff. We'll have more time, you know, to have fun and enjoy uh, good weather, hopefully. Um, you know, because I think me and Taylor were crunching the numbers earlier, and the number he threw out was like probably collectively between all four of us, we spent like 48 hours, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, a whole mother effing work week on planning this. Like, just the itinerary, right? Like, or no. Well, 48 hours would be two days, too. but yeah. Yeah, oh, the, but the oh, whole... I see what you're saying. Forty, yeah, forty hours a week. Yeah, whole yeah, work. seriously, yeah, that is. Sorry, I don't know what I was thinking. Damn, but, dude, uh... does your place just like work you like crazy? This yeah, shit? dude, I know. Yeah, <laughs> two days, Taylor. Two days. I'm actually at work right now. <laughs> you never leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I feel really good about that. I'm very excited. So, guys, if if uh, if you guys want to talk to us about more than game dev, we'd be happy to talk Japan. Yeah. Uh, What's yeah, funny is I sure. I tweeted out a tweet asking for recommendations on on Japan, 
crickets. <laughs> but <laughs> we're interested in Japan. There's lots of interesting game stuff there too. Like there's well, some you know, one thing I was thinking about when I was a kid was uh my interest in games and game development like really stemmed from Japan and like when I found out that like quote unquote video games were made in Japan I um I became pretty fascinated by Japan and it's kind of where it started for me like in middle school you know and yeah uh playing all these Japanese games but that I didn't really realize that there were games being made in the United States for some reason like that didn't dawn <laughs> on me until like eighth grade or freshman year that's funny you know well, like I mean all these guys you know, like making Diablo, like uh, Doom was made here. Like I thought everything was made in Japan. It's so crazy. <laughs> uh, well, it's interesting because I'm a big fan of the angry video game nerd. And, you know, like those guys love Nintendo and like 8-bit games. And so like yesterday I was watching them play this um, <clears throat> like exclusive version of Zelda that was released on like the Famicom and I think yeah. that was only a, a Japanese system. The and, one uh, with all the like hand painted like it, like looks like you know the cover art. Looks. Yeah, the cover art's like ridiculous. But yeah, they did something really weird. I don't remember the exact the way that it exactly worked, but you know this was before they had any kind of like multiplayer like via network stuff. And they I guess they put out this system or whatever where. It was all like linked up via satellite and uh, there would be like, you'd get some sort of notice that, all right, we're going to be playing like this game at this time. And so this version of Zelda that they were playing was like, you could only play it this one time for however much time that, that Nintendo or whatever said. And so, and then everybody else would get on their system and they'd play it. And it's not like they're, playing together but they're all kind of playing and having that same experience at the same time and so it's just like this really interesting concept to me so like of course yeah like the ingenuity of it is interesting because as before i mean now everything is all networked up and we play in real time and everything but at least like imagine you're a kid and you know there's this kind of exclusive game that's coming out or whatever but you have to play it like at 8 p.m. and then you and all your buddies play it at the same time the next day at school you like go you go to school and like that's all you talk about is like how cool this game was or whatever um i love so that they this is like a social experiment or like a social like thing you know that's so yeah cool. yeah i thought it was really interesting so anyways i guess there's a lot of uh, cool games out for the Famicom and it's kind of interesting too that like you know just talking about games that are released exclusively in certain parts of of the world you know that yeah. we've probably never even heard of but they're still probably good games you know yeah um, well I remember that was kind of like a big thing back you know in the 90s and stuff was like I remember my friend's brother had a bunch of like Japanese imported PlayStation one games. And I was like, what? how'd you get this? And he's like, I found a shop in Japan and I wrote them a letter, like asking for them to like mail me this game. And I like sent them a check or a cash or something. I don't know. Wow. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know, I was like, <laughs> I was like, how the hell? <laughs> you know, this is like, you know, the internet existed, but 
uh, it didn't really. I mean, it did, but it just wasn't what it is now. Right. Um, and so the fact that this guy like had researched and found a shop, like maybe through a magazine or something, I don't know. But and he had like all these Japanese games that were like in Japanese, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just crazy. Yeah. I don't know, but it's weird because all my favorite games as a kid were made in Japan. You know, Nintendo um, had all their games were pretty much like exclusively like made by Japanese developers. All my favorite games were made by like Square and um, I don't know, shit. Konami had some good stuff like Metal Gear Solid, the Final Fantasy series, like Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross, like all those JRPGs and um shit i don't know and so to me like realizing that there is so many more games that it's it's weird looking back though and it's like there's such a distinct flavor you know to japanese titles it's like i don't know how i didn't really ever like put that together when i was a kid but it's really obvious now that i'm an adult (laughs) yeah yeah see i was uh i mean i had sega and i had playstation and a lot of people you know like, they grew up on Mario, they grew up on Zelda, and I just, I mean, I played it a couple times at friends' houses, but I kind of missed that whole boat. That's um, crazy to Which me. is, it's sad, like, I'm watching videos on them playing Zelda, I'm like, dang, I should really, like, find a way to play some of these. Dude, just freaking... Yeah, you're talking about the... Raspberry Pi and emulate them or something, Yeah, you know? like... That's actually a good I idea. Wanna, I have I have a I Raspberry advocate... Pi, but... You do? Or you yeah, don't? I do. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, dude. It's super easy, dude. They have like a whole fucking... Uh, if you Google it, you can find a Raspberry Pi operating system. Yeah, Raspbian. That has... Or a different what? one. Raspbian or a different different one? They have hundreds of different ones, but... Well, sure. Uh, but yeah, it's different than I think that one. Okay. Right? Yeah. So it's I not can't remember stock. what it's called, but it has all of these emulators built into it. Oh, that's all cool. ROMs built into it. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you can just like play, like get a freaking controller and they make, if you want the legit experience, get on Amazon, get the Nintendo controllers, like yeah. the Bluetooth or even the USB ones Yeah. and play some of these fucking games. I know. Dude, I, like, I really should, especially now that we're doing game development and like what feels the most reachable is like classic kind of games. You know, like 2D, I, yeah. 2D games. I need some more inspiration because I'm just going off of what I've I've played. You know, that's probably all just remakes of or, you know, very heavily yeah. inspired by those original Nintendo games. Well, but, there's a huge craze of these like, um, like pixel art, like high pixel art um games and stuff that are like really going for that retro feel because all these developers who grew up playing these games are now getting to the point where they can make their own and it's like right every like everybody you know the triple a titles are going to keep making um you know the call of duties and the battlefields and the um yeah you know huge titles like that the skyrims okay but nobody none of these guys anymore are going to go make the next fucking um, you know, Mario Brothers or the next fucking Sonic the Hedgehog or whatever. So these guys are going through, like, I was looking at one of the games on that uh, Humble Bundle, uh, you know, that I bought you the Windward on. Uh, the max tier on that has this game called Owl Boy, which 
I ended up not getting because it just didn't sound like exactly my cup of tea. But Owlboy, I mean, it's so fucking beautiful. And it looks like something that, like, they could make on a fucking Super Nintendo. Like, they would have made on a Super Nintendo back in the day, you know? It has that, oh, like, yeah. feel to it, that kind of anime feel. Um, Dang, that game's $25. Yeah, and on Humble Bundle, it's 10 I think. Wow. Yeah, dude. That's funny. It looks a lot like, uh, in a different way, but, uh, oh, what's the, what's the big game that's been on, uh, Kickstarter for a while? Uh, Owl Island or Eagle Island? Eagle Island. Yeah. It kind of looks like that. Yeah. Kind of does. And it's, I'm super happy to see your researches in this because you get to tell your own story and do something unique and it, and it, I think it just leaves a lot more room for uniqueness than, you know what I mean? Like, I love Skyrim and I love Oblivion, but for for some reason, like, I don't think the developers will ever be able to do, like, another Morrowind. Yeah. Because Morrowind with this strange land with giant mushrooms and, you know, freaking gigantic fleas that you rode across the land um, and just, like, weird shit. And then Oblivion is generic fantasy forest land. Yeah. And... Skyrim is generic fantasy castles and mountains with dragons. Like, <laughs> it doesn't get more generic fantasy than dragons, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, for real. I get that they tie it into their lore, and it's really epic if you understand it. And the game's way more accessible than Morrowind ever was. But uh, as these developers grow bigger and bigger and bigger, like, there's just not as much room for uniqueness and originality that, like, caters to, like, a certain group of people. And that's what's so cool about... um this resurgence of like indie titles like this, you know, it's like, For I sure. bought, I just recently bought the tiny build bundle on humble bundle. Um, and unfortunately it's going to be over by the time this podcast airs, but, uh, it has some really fucking good games on it. Um, and actually I was wanted to talk about a couple of them because, um, anybody who's been following along with our console app, the like tournament fighter thing, um, there's a game on there that's like the it's like the mega version of our game, which is like really cool to see actually. Um, like it has graphics, actually. You mean <laughs> it has graphics? The humor is like really funny. Um, and there's like a map that you like can explore. You know, and it's like anybody who's listened to us talk about it, it like has all of the elements of the things that we've talked about. <laughs> like you know like the city that you run around the city and a timer like you know a clock basically and you have to like manage your like different uh statuses you know <laughs> like all of these things are in this game and it's so amazingly done i mean it's kind of cheesy uh but the music's well done the graphics are fun to look at um, this one was what like cool what was this one what? again the name punch of it? club oh yeah punch club punch club um oh right right i remember looking at this and you actually so like the tournament fight would be like actually having a boxing match yeah nice <laughs> yeah yeah totally man and you uh, don't I do anything in the fight like you just watch it happen and you oh. have to like you have to like make your stats like really good and then you level up by fighting more and you get like better abilities and then between rounds you can change your abilities but that's it. Then this the looks fight's really and you're fun. Just like watching it. It's well, so I see, fun, dude. I I see this screenshot too, like you're talking about, where this guy's on uh, on a treadmill. You have weights, so like those are ways yeah. to like level up your stats. Well, and you and get stuff. money. Yeah, you get money by like doing odd jobs around the town, and uh, you can go to the gym 
and work out, but it costs 10 bucks to get into this gym. Or you can save up money and buy your own workout equipment to put in your garage. Yeah. And then you can work out for free. Dude, you know? now I want to buy this. <laughs> Dude, it's fucking... I sunk four uh, hours into it the other day, and I was like, oh, shit. You know, like... <laughs> I mean, look, I'd say... Look, if you want to buy it, 655 gets you one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games. Yeah, and it's Punch Club by itself is nine ninety nine on Steam. Yeah, and so. Final Station and Party Hard are really good. Yeah. Um... But if you up it to 15, then Streets of Rogue is really fucking good as well. And yeah. it also has multiplayer. Yeah. So it's up to you. But All right, I'll think about it. Yeah, <laughs> think about it while we're doing this. But anyway, yeah. Punch Club is super great. There's a lot of fucking Easter eggs for, you know, for people who have enjoyed games over the years. Like uh, on the cover of the game, it shows you fighting like this crocodile looking thing. It's literally an homage to the Ninja Turtles movie, like, <laughs> which is super great because I love that movie. Um, and there's just a bunch of other shit in there. I'd, I'd really, really encourage anyone who likes, uh, like kind of, uh, resource management type games, to, like get into it because it's like, you're managing your resources, you're managing your stats, you're managing, you know, you got to eat food, you got to work to make money. You got to go fight so that you can level up. Um, you got to, um, you know, make sure you're sleeping, doing all this stuff. It's like, really hard to manage it and do well. But it's so fun and rewarding when you kind of figure out a good formula that works. Oh, man. That, it looks and sounds very addicting. And there's a there's random events that happen. And it's like, I don't know if you can see a screenshot of the map, but the map is like one of my favorite parts. Yeah, on Steam, I see it. It's kind of like yeah. uh, Sim Sim City looking, but you have like your yeah, guy. Yeah, you know, and then and, like, each buildings. place, depending on how far it is from where you are, you can either spend money to to take the bus and like not lose any time or you can walk but you lose a certain amount of time and the further away you are the more time you lose it looks kind of rocky themed too like you got rocky as a character um i think mick is also a character in the movies right or at least it sounds like mick is i think mick is from um uh punch out oh you know, the Nintendo game. Oh, gotcha. Which is a must play for you as well, Taylor. I mean, yeah. uh, I mean I've mean, i definitely you're seen gonna Punch go play... Out. I've never played what? it, though. I've seen it for sure. I've never played it, though. Yeah, dude. If you are wanna, are you like interested in going back and playing these classic games, dude, Punch Out is a must. It is so fun. Nice. I, uh, I still play it every once in a while because I have it on my computer. Yeah. And uh, even to this day, dude, I can't beat it. Can't beat it. My brother's gotten to the main, the main boss once, Mike Tyson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, it's fun. Nice. And uh, real quick, I'll just touch briefly on Streets of Rogue since I'm here. So Punch Out's really great. Check that out. But Streets of Rogue, and by the way, uh, listener, all of these are by a, a developer called uh, Tiny Build. Um, or maybe that's just a publisher. I don't know exactly, but. Um, but this is the tiny build bundle and streets of rogue is freaking hilarious because it's basically <clears throat> like a dungeon delver kind of like uh, a lot of people are co- like comparing it to like binding of Isaac. Um, I kind of compared it to dungeons of Dreadmore a little bit, but dungeons of Dreadmore is, is turn-based. This isn't, this is all just kind of free flowing. 
Um, but I guess Binding of Isaac is a pretty good example. Um, but there's lots of different characters with lots of different, like, unique abilities, and you can, like, unlock a shit ton of stuff, and you go through the dun- and the dungeons are just, like, different parts of the city, and I think it's procedurally generated, but you go through, and each time you go through, there's, like, new missions, and, uh, you gotta complete the missions, and then you can go to the next dungeon, and so on and so forth. Um, it's really, really fucking fun. Um, there's guns, there's melee weapons, there's characters who can't use weapons at all there's multiplayer which is really good but my favorite part is the tagline the company itself writes streets of rogue is the world's only rpg roguelike action stealth shooter brawler co-op mega game so (laughs) uh go check out a video of that it's freaking really fun i had a blast playing it i haven't put as much time into it as uh punch club yet but uh, i can tell it's already better than punch club um and it has multiplayer yeah and it has multiplayer so go check that out for real. Well, uh, before we go too far off the deep end, how'd you do on your goal this week? Oh, right? yeah. Hey, only, what, 25 minutes in? Um, <laughs> I didn't complete my goal. I mean, I don't remember exactly the precise wording of my goal. I did start reading um, from cover to cover, you know, uh, R.B. Whitaker's um, C-Sharp Player's C-sharp Guide, player's guide um, which I've been carrying around with me to work like every day for like the last two weeks or three weeks, however long I bought it. I've been packing it around and I use it a lot as a resource, but this week Taylor challenged me to read it through. So I didn't mean the whole uh, book, but I, I think I just meant start, start reading from the beginning and make some progress. So if you got well, through a chapter or something, I didn't think you meant to, I don't, I didn't think you meant to read the whole book, but it, you know, start at the beginning basically yeah. is what the challenge was. And I don't remember if it was like read every day or, or what, but uh, I did get through a couple chapters. Nice. Um, but I uh, definitely didn't read it every day. Um, it's all right. At least I could have. But at least you got started and just like keeping it you? on your mind. Dude, I crushed my challenge this week. I did not eat a scrap of cheese. Dude, this has to be <laughs> the first week in your entire life that you didn't eat cheese, right? Like, oh, as far back as I can remember. Um, yeah. I I will admit that uh, Alia makes this really good vegan kind of cheese sauce. It's not; it doesn't have any cheese in it. It's actually all cashew based, and it tastes really good. So I did have some of that. Uh, I actually tried. I made a quesadilla with it today, but it was yeah. just it was just that salsa and sour cream. It was amazing, well, that's dude. Fair. Yeah, that's totally fair. It's nothing to admit. Well, I know, but. I guess I I had some cheese substitute since I since I crave cheese. Well, that's fine. But uh, yeah, people dude. who quit alcoholics who quit drinking often substitute their drinking with gambling. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was kind of weird. Like you know, it wasn't that hard. Like I I did think about how you know I wanted like pizza or something, and then I was just like, no, can't eat that. So. I'll eat something else. And that was yeah. That was as hard as it was. It's so. interesting that how like challenges like that go, you know, because it's like I was able to quit drinking pop for like a year in high school, like based off of a bet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is just like crazy to think about. <laughs> um, but um, you know, it's like every time I've ever done like the paleo diet, um, which you know people say isn't that hard. It actually is very hard uh to do i did it cold turkey the first time 
um, with no preparation or no anything, but it's just that thought of like getting, you know, it's like whatever, 30 days. Like I was just like so tunnel visioned on it. Like, did you kind of have that where you're just doing it and you're like, no cheese, you know, just a week. I'll see how I feel after a week, you know, like, yeah. Um, yeah, kind of. I tried not to think about it really. That's probably smart. And like, we kind of, oftentimes what we do, like, um, if, cause usually like I bring my lunch to work and, uh, like I usually just eat the leftovers we had. And this week we didn't make a lot of stuff with leftovers. So, um, have you ever been to cafe yum? Uh, yeah, it sounds familiar. Um, it's basically like, a, I think it is vegetarian, might even be vegan, but you get like these rice bowls and they have like this yum sauce, which is kind of like savory, but also kind of tangy, which is good. And, uh, then they also put like vegetables and guacamole and stuff in it. And so we, um, you can buy their yum sauce. And so we usually have that like just in a bottle in our fridge and that's like nice. our go-to like easy meal if we don't have lunch. So I actually ate like three yum bowls this week. And most of the time I do put cheese in it cause it's really good, but, uh, mm-hmm. I didn't put any cheese in it and it tasted like, I'd say like 95% the same. So nice. Yeah. yeah. Good for you, man. Yeah. That's, I thought you, that was going to be a hard challenge, but I knew that, uh, I knew that you were mindful enough, you know, to dude, it. we did drumline together. So Right. <laughs> like, you remember those times when, when, uh, they just like, they wouldn't break us and we'd have to just sit there, like stand there absolutely still and like your face is itching and like sweat is dripping down yeah. off you and uh, yeah so we can do that's it. how i compare that's what i that's what i should have said when i was doing the paleo thing because like you know it's just that that like willpower yeah. almost yeah just kind of like oh yeah, yeah dude well same no, thing with like cross-country running like running yeah. sucks dude but if you know that you have to run like you know 3.1 miles for your 5k or like we're doing a run today like it's eight miles or whatever you just pace yourself you don't think about the pain you just go through it and do it so yeah and then if you're smart too you don't think about the distance yeah <laughs> and i'm trying to actually apply that to game development like don't think about the end result like if you think that you know it's gonna take a year to make a game and you're only on day two that's get that's kind of daunting, but if you just go day you set by yourself day, yourself up for failure immediately. Yeah, yeah. So just just hang tough, be strong God, in the moment. Dude. Remember one time they had us stand at attention for like thirty minutes or something <laughs> without saying anything. Yeah, <laughs> like holy shit. Yeah, and that was when you were like in middle school. <laughs> yeah, I was. Pro- yeah, seventh grade I started. Yeah. <laughs> fuck dude and that's like you know you're carrying this huge ass drum too and then anytime i remember anytime somebody fucked off they'd like have you run around the whole school with (laughs) with the drums on right yeah uh yeah i always like since i played quads i was always dying because they were so heavy heavy as fuck but it was good for me i think I think so too. I always tell people that when they talk about like that, it sounds like abusive. It's like, no, it taught me a lot of discipline. Yeah, for sure. So, so shout out to Mr. Petrick. 
Yeah, for real. <laughs> Anyways. All right. So let's get into uh bulk of our conversation today. Yeah. Tell me about your experience with VR that you had this last week. Yeah. Uh, so I'm really excited about this. Um, and it sucked because I had it like literally the day, the day that we last recorded. And I was just like, I can't wait. <laughs> um, and then today I almost forgot about it. Like, that's so weird. But anyways, uh, last week, um, a buddy of mine uh, has a bar. And he has started allowing this guy who bought a VR setup. And I think it's the HTC one, which I, I don't, maybe it's the Vive or whatever. I'm think, not sure, but yeah. Um, it up. But he, he let this guy set it up upstairs and charge people to play. But this day he was doing a special. It was like half off for games. And I was like, okay, well, we, you know, we went up and watched and. At first, I'm looking at it because they have it uh, attached to a TV downstairs. You can not only see the player who is engaged, you know, pantomiming these things, and he looks freaking ridiculous, but you can also see what the player is seeing. And the whole time, my buddy John, who owns the bar, he kept being like, hey, man, you need to go upstairs and check this out. And I was like, what the hell? What the hell is he talking about? Finally, after after the fifth time, I freaking went upstairs. and I was like, fine, I'll go look. And then I came down immediately. I was like, Jason, Bailey, we have to go upstairs. We have to look at this. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> um, and, you know, and my brother was like, I'll give it a go. And he went, or wait, did he go first? E- either way, my brother went first, I think. And he's like, I'll, I'll pay. So he, he went up, did it. And he's like, I was unsure about it. I didn't want to pay, but he paid for my game. And watching him do it. I was like, this looks freaking stupid. He looks like a jackass right now. Yeah, I watched I watched the video of him playing, and I was like, uh. <laughs> yeah. And so, and the whole time, and I was, you know, everybody knows me. I'm, like, super resistant to, like, certain types of change. It's weird because there's lots of technology that I embrace wholeheartedly. But, like, I thought widescreen computer monitors were a fad that would, like, go away. <laughs> Um, which is stupid in retrospect, right? Like, how dumb does that sound? I thought wireless uh, controllers for consoles were a fad that would go away. <laughs> um, like, for real. I th- uh, I don't know. It's just weird, the stuff I believe. And so I'm watching this VR thing, and I'm like, what a gimmick. Like, how stupid. I was like, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking about the types of games that I like and all those sorts of stuff. But I do it anyway because, you know, I don't know. I'm there. So I put it on. And instantly, the moment the goggles go over my face, I'm like, oh, shit. You know, like, I get it. <laughs> I suddenly got it. And he, you have these things in your hand. They're controllers. He straps them to your wrist, and then he puts them in your hand, and they basically just have triggers on them. And that's how you, like, manipulate things, like how you grab things and stuff like that. And you can, like, walk around a little bit. And this game we were playing is you're standing on top of this tower while these, like, stick figure men are storming your castle and they're, like, trying to break down your gate. And so you're standing up on this tower and you have to shoot these guys with a bow as they're, like, storming you. And it's really fucking hard. <laughs> like, really hard. Um, But holy fuck. It's just, like, as soon as you start going, dude, it's, like, the moment I picked up the bow, I was, like, oh, okay. Because it's, like, the bow sitting there, and you have to, like, look down at it, like, physically, with your head. You have to tilt down and look at it. There it is. You reach out with your hand and press the button, and you, like, grab it. 
Then you have an arrow in your hand, and you have to physically, and I know you can't see me, but you have to physically take the arrow that's in your hand, place it and seat it on the bow, pull the string back, and release it to shoot. That's crazy. And it's the moment, like, there's all these, like, different things to do, you know, there's, like, uh, some targets to hit at first, and, like, balloons go up in the air, and it's, like, the moment I hit a balloon in midair, I was just like, oh, God, yes. <laughs> so you plan, you know, and these guys are storming your castle, and it felt so real, because you're, like, looking down over this wall, and this guy's, like, running right below you, and you freaking put an arrow in, and you pull it back, and wham, just hit him, and he pops, you know, he's dead. And then the next guy, and all this stuff, you know, and this here comes this guy, and he's charging with a helmet. And so you pull back, and boom, you hit him in the head, and his helmet falls off. You gotta hit him again, so boom, you hit him again, pop, he's dead. And it just keeps going, and it's so fun. Like, I honestly, I told Taylor about it, like, the next day, like, texting, you know, and he, he sounded like he had his own reservations, which is fine, because I do too, I did too. But, and I say this, I think, I I don't want people to think I'm exaggerating, but it honestly felt like, you know, everybody says this, like, I wish I could listen listen to my favorite song for the first time. I wish I could eat my favorite food again for the first time or see my favorite movie again for the first time. This felt like playing video games for the first time. You know, like, that's how profound it felt to me. And I was just playing a stupid little game that... If I had played it on PC, dude, it would literally be just me aiming my mouse and clicking, right? Like, that's what the game would be. But because you're looking around and because you're pantomiming these things out, you know, you get done. And I literally was like, ow, damn, dude, my shoulder's sore. (laughs) (laughs) Which sounds like a stupid sensation to have when you're playing a game, but you literally get so invested into it. I mean... And I say that it's the first. It felt like the first time ever playing a game, and 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 that's the truth. I mean, obviously, like I took a lot of my knowledge of video games in there with me. Like it was pretty obvious. There's a pot of liquid above the gate. It's pretty obvious what happens when I shoot the pot of liquid above the gate. What happens, right? It spills something that hurts the guys below. Mm -hmm. I know that because I play video games. Bailey and Lex played, and they didn't quite understand that. Like, it's interesting, two people who don't really play that many video games, the things that weren't as, like, intuitive. But everything else was intuitive. It was very obvious, the goal. These guys are storming your gate. You have to shoot them with the bow. Yeah. Well, from what Um, I've heard is... So, I mean, obviously, like like you said, I, I have my reservations about it, but I've heard so many positive things that I don't doubt it's amazing. And like I've heard that I've heard that same thing from from multiple people. As soon as you put the goggles on, it just feels right. You know, you yeah, it, it feels it, very intuitive. Like you know what you're supposed to do, and it feels yeah. so immersive that just like you said, it's like a whole new gaming experience. It is, man. So I am really the excited. Beauty the beauty of it is how they designed it. It's the game controls are built into your your body you know what i mean it's like you know what to do right you look around i mean i i'm looking forward to the day somebody makes a vr game that pretty much is like the most alien experience that they can muster up Mm -hmm. for a person you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um 
I don't know. What I'm describing is hard to describe, but it's like you for this game, you know, you put the goggles on, you look around. Oh, I'm in a castle. Oh, there's a bow. You know what to do. Like I should reach out and pick up the bow. Oh, I have an arrow. I should put the arrow in. But imagine being placed in a situation that you wouldn't have been exposed to on TV or a movie or something. Like it's super hard to describe because what I'm trying to describe is something indescribable. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but I would love some designer to create this idea that you put it, you put on these goggles and and you just have no clue. And then you really have to kind of like reverse engineer this stuff with your brain, you know, something that obviously the controls are intuitive because you're moving around and manipulating three dimensional space, but like, but a situation or a scenario that isn't just like looking around. Oh, okay. I know what to do. Right. So I listened to I've listened to several podcasts about VR, and this week I I listened to one from Game Game Dev Unchained, and what they're talking about, like I hadn't thought about really, but it, it's even more exciting to me than than just being immersed into a video game. They were talking about obviously video games, but they're also talking about how VR is basically going to revolutionize like so many different aspects of entertainment. Like imagine um, once they start converting like movies to be compatible with VR. Like one of their examples was like, imagine like the movie Frozen and like you, you give your kid like the VR headset and you turn on Frozen and they're in Frozen with them. And they can like walk around the landscape with everyone and like watch it. Like kids can already watch just a movie on a screen a hundred times. But like imagine if they could fully immerse themselves into it and like walk around, see things from different angles. Like how cool would that be? You know, (laughs) how amazing would that be? Like imagine watching our favorite movies just from all angles being able to feel like you're there with them. Like imagine watching like Saving Private Ryan or something. Ugh. Or, you know, they were talking about horror movies. I'm not a horror movie guy, but they were saying like um, one of the new paranormal activities movies, activity movie is uh, like looking into this. Imagine how freaking scary that would be. Like you're in there, yeah. you're hearing everything like around you and stuff. Like that'd be crazy. Yeah. On the flip side, though, like um, I've also heard people talk. I think Chris Delion has a, a Gam Keto episode about VR, and he talks about how, like, he would want to just have it so he could like go home after a stressful day, and go to the beach or you know, go somewhere where it's like just really relaxing. You immerse yourself into a very like peaceful and calm environment. Um. Which is another interesting thought. It's just like a whole new way of immersing yourself into a, like a new reality, basically. And um, it really is very immersive. Yeah. And that's that's the thing. Like, I just it's so hard to explain. Yeah. Like, because I'm I was trying to explain it to Bailey to get her comfortable doing it. You know, I was like, there's no words to describe it. You just have to put it on. Like, it mm. looks stupid, but it's yeah. fun. Yeah. It's really fun. And it's just amazing. Like I keep thinking about the possibilities. And like I said before, I thought VR was just like stupid, you know, 
Um, well, like that's because we grew up with all of these like failed attempts at virtual reality. Yeah, like, that's what I was gonna say. Like, uh, what was the the Game Boy one? Um, virtual yeah. Boy. Virtual Boy. Yeah, like that was that... featured in the movie Enemy of the State. <laughs> yeah, that was terrible. I never used it, but I seen angry video game nerd does a review on on it and it looks just god awful but then yeah like think about too like do you remember did you ever watch uh tgif on tv like it was like a whole yeah. friday series of uh of shows like boy meets world was on there and like family matters and stuff but uh oh, maybe i don't know i remember one time they did a 3d like this this version of TGIF all week was uh, 3D, and you like actually got these like uh, blue and red like 3D glasses in the mail or something, and then you put them on and you like watch through the TV and it's supposed to be 3D, and it was like so crappy, you know? Oh yeah. And even, well, even... I remember being a kid and going to see like Spy Kids. Yeah. And it was like one of the ones was in 3D. Yeah. And um, it was the that was the first and only time I'd ever seen a 3D movie back then, and it was like with the red and blue fucking paper glasses. Yeah. And then I remember getting into high school or whenever it was, and Beowulf came out, and you had gone and see Beowulf, I thought. I did, yeah. And you were like, the 3D is pretty amazing, and I was like, how stupid. Like, I know. 3D is stupid. <laughs> and then you were like, no, the glasses are, you know, like they're real. They're like these real fucking glasses that you wear. They have frames and they don't change the colors. I was like, really? They don't have red and blue. Well then how do they do it? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And uh, I, you know, I was talked into going and seeing Beowulf in 3d and I was like, Oh shit. Okay. Like (laughs) the funny thing is that Beowulf is one of the more memorable 3d movies I've seen. Like nowadays, it was the first that used the real D technology. Was it the very first? I think so. Right around there at least. Um, I mean, and then it's interesting too, because for a while I kind of, I did go to a decent amount of 3D movies and it was interesting seeing how some movies did it so well. And it was almost just like another aspect of the movie, but then there were yeah. certain movies. Like I remember seeing, um, the new, the newer Alice in Wonderland movie with uh, Johnny mm-hmm. Depp and it just felt so overdone that it was like you could really tell that they were focusing on 3D, you know? Well, you know, that's why I'll never see a movie in 3D that wasn't filmed in 3D. It, yeah, exactly. Because there's so many movies that come out and they're like, this is in 3D, but it wasn't filmed in 3D. Right, yeah. So it, And it just ruins the experience, I think. It does. I. It's not as organic. And nowadays, I don't really go to many movies in general but i almost never see them in 3d unless it's like something i feel like i really would want to see in 3d i think the last 3d movie i watched was one of the hobbit movies um which was cool but yeah um i've i've seen a couple movies in 3d just because i was like forced to like so the local theater here in silverton they play they have two movie times a day they have a matinee and a evening movie and the evening movie, if available, is always 3D. Oh, I see. So, like, I think the last one I saw, I, like, w- I took my nephew uh, to see um, Star Wars uh, The Force Awakens, and that was in 3D. So I was kind of forced to see it there. 
I feel like that would have been a cool um, one to see in 3D, though. Uh, yeah, it was fine. Well, I did see it in... I guess I did see it in 3D... Wait, did I? I might have seen it in 3D uh, when I originally saw it, too, in IMAX. Yeah. I don't remember. Probably did. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like so many movies... Every every movie has it, like, added nowadays. Anyways. I know. It's like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go see, like, the new superhero flick in 3d if i don't need it you know it's like i don't need it to enjoy deadpool right um yeah it kind of see it like it kind of feels a little gimmicky to me at times now but well i think it is but like avatar wasn't gimmicky no avatar was was legit dude (laughs) (laughs) that was probably my favorite movie i've seen 3d what was that i'm sorry i said that was probably my favorite movie i've seen in 3d yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. Because it's so fucking legit. Yeah. Imagine that one in VR, dude. Oh. Imagine, imagine that movie where, let's say, the camera exists at a point in this world, and it's like a three sixty degree camera, and then you wear your VR goggles, and you can you're just like along for the ride, but you can like look around and see all the like imagine that aerial battle at the uh, end you can just like look around and see fucking everything happening around yeah, you dude. <laughs> like uh so amazing see and that's what excites me like i think that we're we're in the preliminary stages of vr where it's actually good you know it's kind of yeah. like around that time when when beowulf came out or whatever where it's like whoa this is actually really good and there may be yeah. some bumps in the road. There might be some really crappy, like, products that come out with it. But I don't know. It's interesting to see where it'll go. And I and I do think that this is kind of a turning point in the gaming gaming industry. Like, I kind of do too. Of course, you'll always have games like like we see on Steam or whatever right now, where it's just a normal two D game. Like, no one wants to play a pixel art in three D or in VR. I mean, probably not. At least. Um, no, but, but there's always going to be a place for those types of experiences. Yeah. As, as seen by games like Punch Club and Streets of Rogue coming out, like there's going to be a place for these classic retro experiences mm-hmm. forever. For sure. But I think like the forefront of gaming is definitely going to start moving towards VR. Yeah. So. I'd, I could agree with that for sure. Um, well, and the cool thing and... is a lot of these engines like Unity... I didn't realize that either. I think I mentioned that on a previous podcast, but Unity has like all kinds of VR support. So yeah, it's going to be crazy, man. Yeah. And I just look forward to the day when this technology is so affordable that everyone has it in their house. Yeah. Because then that's when we're going to start seeing like the real ingenuity in terms of like things people can put out. You know, there's already some really, really fascinating things that have come out, but I think so far it's stayed pretty close to what you'd expect. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like real manipulation of like certain objects. Like the guy who runs this VR thing was telling me about a game that he has where you're like, it's like a shooting game, but it's like real manipulation of the guns. Like you have to like physically load the gun. You have to pull back the slide. Oh, geez. You know, like, <laughs> you know, yeah. So it's like yeah. all of these, it's like real manipulation of this stuff while you're playing, which can make it like really difficult. Yeah. Um, but that's something you'd expect, right? Like just, that'd yeah. be like the first logical thing somebody would do with VR is like create a shooting thing. And then like, what's the next step? Cause you can do stuff with your hands while fucking actually loading it, doing stuff like that. So well, it's yeah. cool to see it done, 
but I'm excited to see the creative process. You know, and that's kind of what I was talking about before with like a truly alien scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, not even just that, but just, you know, getting people to have these experiences and stuff that aren't just, like I said, we're at the fucking forefront. I can't wait to see the cutting edge. I know. So, Well, my biggest worry right now is that I'm going to go try it somewhere and then I'm going to instantly want one. <laughs> like, Yeah. Well, I did, but there's no way I'm going to buy one. I mean, yeah, not right now anyways. Yeah. Well, I mean, if I didn't have responsibilities and like bills to be paid, <laughs> like, yeah, sure. You know, it's like talking to Vince and he's like, just go out and buy one. I'm like, dude, I don't have like my job doesn't take care of me. <laughs> you know, like my job doesn't pay for me to live and feed me. Yeah. I mean, it does. But like you get to keep all your money and then you get fucking clothed, housed and fed because <laughs> he's in the Navy. So, yeah. Um, it's like you have money to burn. I don't, unfortunately. It's like so I played it and it's like I definitely want one, but I, I'm gonna have to wait, you know. Yeah, and my mentality I too mean, is can... always to to wait for things until they've kind of broken in. I'm I've yeah. never been the kind of guy who like goes out and buys like the newest console like right when it comes out or like you know yeah. So I, I I'd rather buy something that's kinda of steady. Like I always wanna have a nice PC because I can always do something with it. And it's uh-huh. fine for me to be behind like three years on games um, so that yeah. I could get them at a cheaper price. Um, and so I wonder like, because the episode of Game Dev Unchained I listened to, they were talking about the Vive being like $1,000. And now I think it's like yeah. 600 and Yeah, I well, think... ju- that's just for... Like imagine if you don't have a PC to use it yeah um, like the guy this guy spent like almost two thousand dollars like on the oh, pc yeah. the sensors the headset like i see so it is pretty spendy still yeah yeah for sure i mean you can get the headset and, and a couple things for six hundred dollars yeah right. but to get like more of the sensors and like i don't know extra stuff i think it costs more i see like I think you could probably I don't know I can't I can't realistically talk about it because I guess I don't know but but um you know and I can foresee a lot of these things just being in a lot of places just like in cities you know like you used to be able to go to arcades I think you're gonna be able to go to like a VR arcade and stuff like it's gonna be interesting um I'd encourage you one of these days if you ever if we ever find the time, man, you should come up for this VR night. And uh, I'd love to. I know man. it's a, lo- a long drive, but I think it would. Uh, I think it would just blow your mind. <laughs> I think it will um, too. Yeah. So. Cool. You know, I know we're kind of coming up on time here, but. Well, I don't know. I was going to talk about a lot of people arguing about VR and AR. <laughs> Do you want to go into that or just save it for another one? <laughs> uh, speak your mind real quick. I mean, we got a little bit of time. Well, you know, the big debate right now, and it's, I have no argument that VR is only going to go up. Um, but uh, a lot of people have this debate about, like, which is going to be better, VR or AR. And uh, me and Taylor were talking about this a little bit beforehand, but, but it's interesting because I hear it come up a lot. And I think VR is going to have a lot of therapeutical benefit uh, or therapeutic, I guess, benefit. I think it's going to have a lot of entertainment benefit. Like we're talking about movies and games and all this stuff. There is no doubt 
that it's it's you know like I fucking think about all the movies you've ever seen where like people lead these like virtual lives and it's like what I experienced the other day is like I can understand in 20 years that being the case you know yeah. like a fucking sword art online bullshit or like the you know that Bruce Willis movie or whatever like it's just crazy yeah, yeah. Um, but AR it really fascinates me in terms of like application towards and I don't want to just say real life stuff but like in terms of like productivity and like things like that it's like i can envision a scenario and i always use the google glass as an example but imagine something like that where you got your regular old glasses on your face and you know maybe you're you're driving and you can get like real-time route information like right in your face yeah. you know what i mean and it's just like doo, 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 a little line like comes up like imagine iron man doo, 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 and it's like you got to take this exit and it's like okay i'll get over now you know and you do it and it's like you have all this like real life like cool HUD action happening, you know? <laughs> yeah. One well, scenario so, I always think about is like, go ahead. What I was gonna say, just real quick to to recap for people who may not know, uh, do you want to just quickly explain the difference? I think you've already did, but maybe just a little bit more explicitly. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. so sorry. Yeah. So virtual reality is exactly like what it sounds like. It's creating this virtual reality, a reality that exists like within the confines of this simulation or whatever. Um, and you can manipulate 3D space, you know, and by, you know, you turn your head, the sensors pick it up and it shows you what's over there when you're looking over there. You turn your head the other way, the sensors pick it up, you move your hands, the sensors pick it up and you can see your hands in front of you and do all this cool stuff. Uh, it's even to the point where you have the sensors in the room and you can walk around and the game senses that and lets you walk around. Um, so, and then augmented reality is kind of what it sounds like as well, but it's, it's just augmenting the reality that you're already in. Right. So imagine Iron Man's suit, you know, he's flying around and he's getting all of these things. Uh, like he can see the flight paths of all these planes in front of him. He can target all these people. He can see like real life data on a suit and all of this stuff that's happening. Like that's augmented reality. So an example would, would be like Pokemon go, right? Pokemon go is a pretty good example of augmented reality. Yeah. Um, You're using like the like... space around you to like kind of, I guess augment it. <laughs> I don't. Right. Yeah. Right. It's not creating like a virtual. Yeah. Game, you're like using the real world. Creep. Yeah. It's augmenting the space that you're already in. Right. Or in such a way, you know, and Pokemon Go is a good example. You know, you just walk around real, real life and you hold up your phone and you like look around with your phone when you're near a Pokemon. It's like, oh, there it is. Time to capture it. You know, that's the capturing Pokemon is a perfect example of this. Imagine Pokemon Go. With Google Google glasses or something like that, right? Yeah. Like you're walking around just looking with your fucking eyes, like not yeah. holding up your phone or anything. Yeah. The phone is where it's at right now. And they do have apps where you can do that. You point your phone. The example I was going to go into is like imagine a scenario where you, you're you driving down the road and your car breaks down. Well, they have apps where you can point your phone at your engine and it labels all the parts. Like you plug in what type of phone you have or excuse me, plug in what type of car you have, what year and model. And then it's like bloop and it like highlights kind what. of like you know yeah it shows you like here's this thing here's that thing and here's the alternator and here's this but imagine that like with i keep coming back to the google glass idea because i think that's like the pinnacle of it 
you're wearing glasses or maybe you have fucking contact lenses in or something and your car breaks down and you get out and it's like, here's all these parts and I think here's what's broken. Yeah. Try doing this. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> well, yeah, dude, I like, can see all kinds of stuff with that. Like imagine, cause we're already, we already have really good facial recognition software. Imagine like yeah. everybody has a, kind of like a Google glass kind of thing that they're wearing all the time and you're on a date or something and it kind of yeah. shows like the person's expressions and you could be like well maybe they're actually not interested in what i'm talking about so it can like give you dating advice or like dude you know i wonder if there's any sorts of applications for somebody that is like on the uh spectrum um of autism like somebody with asperger's or something oh who aren't is not good at reading social cues yeah I wonder if that would have any benefit for that you know it's like yeah it's like they're obviously uncomfortable with what you're doing so and it's like oh okay and then they can react off of like this logical input rather than like these social cues that just don't really exist for them yeah see and that's something like i feel like vr although it is going to have more applications than just gaming I think VR is going to be specific towards entertainment for the most part, which I can see that is going to get therapy or therapy. True. But I think that like gamers in general are going to be more excited for VR than, than AR. But I think AR is probably going to be more accessible for like the real world and have more applicable uses um, where you could have games like Pokemon go, or you could have just like you said, like, you know, the the engine advisor or whatever, you know? Yeah. So. Well, in the augmented reality stuff, I think the applications are just, they're so much more interesting. And mm-hmm. I don't want to say better, but to me, it's just interesting because, uh, like, like, just imagine all the little bullshit, right? Like, <clears throat> you are out with your friends and you all have your phones or whatever on you. You all have your little Google Glass bullshit on you. And mm-hmm. I imagine, like, you get a lot, you could get a lot of data from your phone with this thing and all that sort of stuff. And it's like, you know, you look at your friend and you're like, last one dares a rotten egg and you race and it like literally records your fucking times and like shows each of you like, you know, you can analyze the race, a fucking foot race and you can like analyze it. So for like statistics nerds and stuff, I could see this being like such a little fucking joy, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, well, Billy ran faster than Frank like every time, you know? Yeah. Frank's got to step it up and he, you know, his gait isn't perfect so you got to uh, fix your gait next time, you know? Or you're fucking, you're, uh, what, what was another example I, I was thinking of? Uh, um, you know, but uh, like real like statistics for like foot racing or driving or like any of this stuff man it's just like i feel like the applications are endless yeah to real real life stuff you know and i guess the foot race is a stupid thing but that's such a small example is like of what i think is a cool idea for it yeah did you Um, uh you ever watch black mirror yeah did you ever watch that episode where like everybody has kind of this little chip thing uh yeah yeah and it records <laughs> their site yeah dude that episode like messed me up <laughs> dude, for real uh, and see that's like such a good example too they did a really good job with that like yeah well that's what i love about black mirror like a lot of the episodes make me feel very uncomfortable but the reason they make me feel uncomfortable is because they're hitting on topics that feel like they would actually be applicable in a few years 
Well, know? it's pretty relevant. Yeah. yeah. I think that they just project it in the right way. You know, it's like I read this story once, and I guess this isn't necessarily augmented reality, but it kind of is. I read this story once in college, and it was called Maneki Neko, and it was about this like <clears throat> it was about this like social media network that everybody is on Mm -hmm. and it's called i think it's called the maneki neko could be wrong Mm -hmm. but uh and basically you're on there and you'll always get like a ding on your like phone or whatever because they all carry around these like little personal like they call it i think they're like pdas basically because this was like before smartphones Mm -hmm. but you carry these like little pdas around and you get a ding on it and you look at it and it's like go to the coffee shop that's across the street and order a coffee and take it to this corner and you do it. And then somebody comes up, grabs a coffee and thanks you. And it's just like whole world of like people doing personal favors for each other just throughout the course of their like daily lives. Yeah. That actually turns out to be like an immense criminal network. Like they use all of these like tiny little favors to like, (laughs) to run huge organized crime, like heists (laughs) and stuff. Yeah. (laughs) But you wouldn't know it because, like, you're just getting coffee for a person. Yeah. You know? Huh. You're just getting coffee for a person. And that, and you and you do it by, like, you earn karma by doing these favors. And by earning karma by doing these favors, you get more uh, favors done for you. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. it'll be like you, you take enough cups of coffee and pick up people's dry cleaning and you do all this stuff. And then people start coming in and like cleaning your house or like doing your laundry or like buying your groceries and shit like that. Like, (laughs) you know, it'd just be crazy. I don't know. There's a whole. Yeah, dude, it's going to be, I mean, it's getting to the point where, you know, you always, you always watch those movies as a kid or whatever, or they did back in the sixties where they're like, all right, the year is 2011. And you have like all these, or like you know, uh, Back to the Future, or whatever, 2015. Yeah. Like you got the floating yeah. skateboards and all this stuff. I mean, that's still far away, but like, you know, look at look at some of our other sci-fi stuff, like, you know, reading Ready Player One. Like that's all VR stuff, you know. Yeah, like I think computers have gone further than they than they might have thought that they would. I mean, maybe not like 2001 far. Like fucking Hal is pretty advanced. But... Yeah. I mean, we're close though. Like we yeah. got fucking Alexa and Google Home and yeah. these types of computer systems that respond to your voice and talk back to you. Like it's only a matter of time till you have something like Hal. Yeah. Um, True. And I think computers have really kind of gone faster than I think, because uh, a lot of people envision we'd be fucking fly all flying, flying cars and having hoverboards and doing this stuff. But mm-hmm. computers are the one thing that have like routinely gotten more advanced. Um, yeah. I don't know. And, you know, it's just crazy. It is crazy, man. Crazy, man. Well, I'm excited to try VR. Um, We'll have to schedule something where I come up and hang out. Um, At the very least, like if we end up doing that thing for Bailey's birthday, maybe you can come up then or something. That's like a month away or more. So, yeah, for sure. Um, Also, I want to congratulate us on not talking about politics. (laughs) Yeah. This week has had some crazy headlines, but let's not focus on that. Yeah, let's Good work for bringing that up, Taylor. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I just really wanted to tempt you, right? <laughs> I got it all out yesterday with my dad. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> like... I know, I've been... Anyway, stop it. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Uh, all right, cool. Um, so goals for next week. My goal for you, Rhett, is to pick up for like actually pick up 
um, the Udemy course and start making some okay. progress on the the Brick Breaker course or part of that course. Yeah. I think we really need to start hitting that hard because if we want to do another game jam soon, yeah, I feel we like gotta be more familiar. Yeah, I feel like if we're gonna um, gonna do that and not spend seventy percent of the time trying to figure out Unity, we gotta uh, gotta become more familiar. Okay. That is a good challenge. Um, let's see. For you, I challenge you to. Um... God, I don't know. What's a good one for you? I mean, cheese was just like the be-all, end-all challenge. <laughs> Where, I can't go uphill from I know, here. dude. Yeah, you might as well stop. Um, what about anything related to game dev? Yeah. Uh, well, while you're thinking, I think that even though we keep saying this, we really got to finish the iceberg. We're like yeah, yeah. 96% there probably. Yeah. Well, you don't need to be challenged to fucking do that. And I don't either. So, okay. uh, I accept the group challenge of finishing the God fucking iceberg, but, uh, my challenge to you is to, um, play some classic, uh, video games, you know, super Mario brothers, yeah. play some, okay. uh, Mike Tyson's punch out, get your, see if you can get that emulator thing rolling on your raspberry Pi. Okay. Um, and if not, just maybe, I don't know, get some on your PC or something like that. Um, For sure, man. I think you'll really, really enjoy some of them. Uh, I go back and play them sometimes, and I still have a blast. Yeah, I'd love so. to uh, love to get that going. If you have any recommendations for... Because that's the thing. Like I've had emulators before, but I've always felt a little like sketched. Like, like they're kind of sketchy, some of them. So I don't really know where to where to start. But if they, you're saying there's an OS that has them pre, pre-baked in. Yeah, I could look that up for you. If not, I might have a file myself for like every um, NES game made. Oh. It's like 600 megabytes. I might be able to just like send to you. Okay. Um, that's a good one. That has Punch Out on it. It has Super Mario World 3, which I think is like a must-play. Nice. Uh, yes. Yeah. See, I missed all that stuff. Like... I should probably just do it. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I, it, you should, because it's a whole fucking era of video gaming. I know. That, like, you know, and I know you've talked about Sonic and stuff before, and Sonic is a good one to be aware of, but but just yeah. the classic Nintendo stuff, I mean. I mean, I'm familiar with a lot of it, but it's all been like well, me yeah. living vicariously through somebody else. Yeah, sure. Some people are aware of Star Wars, but they've never seen them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of my friends from my last job was like that, so we're we've gone through and watched almost all of them with him. There you go. So. <laughs> See, like, what a weird life that is. I like, know. Not, I can't like, even imagine. Yeah, I'm aware of this cultural phenomenon called Star Wars. Yeah, I could say, "No, I am your father," <laughs> but they don't know what it means. Yeah. Like they do, but they don't. Right. <laughs> uh, anyways. Cool. All right. This was a lot of fun, man. Yeah, it was fun. Let's uh let's really focus on some game dev this week. I'm so happy we got Japan under our belts. Yeah. Um So anyways. All right, guys. Well, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh stay tuned for next week. We'll try and get on a more routine 
uh, level of putting out podcasts. But uh, again, hit yeah. us up on Twitter at Game Devs Quest. Email at us at GDQ. Q. I, keep, I keep thinking GDC. Uh, GDQ at airpodcast.com. And uh, yeah, I hope you guys have a good week. Appreciate you tuning in with us. Yeah, guys. Go grab your Monday by the balls. Yeah. Cute music.